Welcome to an LTFC Studio Production. We're excited to have you join us for this new series entitled Creating Disciples in the Name of Jesus. Pastor Ron kicks us off with this new sermon. To start the series off, I want to begin by looking at the synoptic gospels. Synoptic just means that Matthew, Mark, and Luke all pretty much share the same stories. In fact, in many occasions, they use very similar wording, if not exact, in some places. That's what synoptic gospels means, all right? So we're going to kind of look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke as it relates to um, our starting point. You know, if God is calling us to be his disciples, then we need uh, a roadmap. We need direction. We need an understanding of what it means to be a disciple and how do we go about being a disciple for him. I believe that God's got great things in store for Trinity Friends Church. And right now, we have to see it in the invisible as reality. And Jesus can enable us to see that. Not only see it, but believe it and engage in it. And as we engage in him, as we learn to share our story, he takes care of the rest. But he is calling us, every single one of us, to engage in him. We're living in a world that we cannot just sit back and not do anything. We are living in very dark times, as we know. And the time is short. That's all it means. God's coming for his bride. He's coming for you and me, those who love him, who follow him. And so we want to be ready, but it's not just about accepting him, receiving him in an, into our hearts. It's not about him just meeting our every need. That's all good. But the other part of that is he meets our needs. He's everything we need. Why? So that we can worship him as Lord of all. And so then we can share that with others. That's his great commission. It's that simple, really, um, as we seek him. So I am excited about sharing this, and um, I hope, well, no, I take that back. God will speak as he speaks through all of us, doesn't he, as we yield ourselves to him. So I'm excited to see what God shares with me. He's already reminding me. And, you know, that's really a lot of it. What we're going to talk about today is stuff we, much of it we have heard before. But because we live right now and can live victorious lives on earth as in heaven, we're still at this point under the dominion of darkness, under the control, the rulership of the enemy. All right? That doesn't mean we're subject to that or we have to um, 
yield to the enemy. No, no, not as followers of Christ. But what it means is we have to constantly be renewing our minds with the truth of God's word. That's what it means. Every day we need to be before him in prayer, in worship, praising him and reading his word. God tells me, Ron, keep reading my word. Read my word. That's where truth is. So I encourage you to join me, all right? As I know many of you already are. All right, well, starting at the beginning, all right? As we get ready to talk about making disciples in Jesus' name, where do we begin? believe we have an example in God's Word that shows us where we need to begin, where this all takes place. But we can't do like I used to do and maybe still do sometimes, that is start something without the end in mind. (laughs) I can think of many times, and I've probably already told you this story, where I just I always like to look at things. I always like to see how things were put together. I still do. And as I'm looking at that and discovering that, picking up little uh, tips here and there from various people that maybe are professionals or experienced in whatever trade or whatever they may be involved in, I just love that, and I just want to absorb it all. Well, early on, my curiosity got the best of me. And I can remember one time when we had an old rotary phone. I think I've told you this before. If I did, just bear with me and act like I didn't tell you, okay? But I remember um, it was sitting up in, in one of our little side rooms, and I didn't think mom or dad ever really used it. I never saw them use it. They always use the phone downstairs. So I took it one day, and I thought, I want to see how this thing is put together. So I proceeded to get out the screwdriver and take it all apart. And uh, so I took it apart and laid out the pieces and thought, okay, I just need to be careful to make sure I put it back in the same way I took it apart. Well, as a kid, you know, it's not long before your attention gets taken to something else, and I think it was about maybe (laughs) two weeks later, (laughs) I came back to this phone, and it was like, hmm, let's see, what order was that now? And I started to try and put that thing together, and I just could not figure it out, so I just took all the pieces, threw them (laughs) inside the phone, screwed on the bottom, and just... (laughs) (laughs) sat it back up on the, um, the table where mom had it and um, just forgot about it. And one day, evidently, mom and dad did use that phone. <laughs> and they went to lift up the receiver only to find that it was dead. And of course, picked up the phone and noticed that things were kind of rattling inside and it didn't take too long to figure out 
Ron must have been involved with this. And that, that has followed me pretty much all along the way, even to the point of rebuilding a car motor once because we threw a rod, or one of my boys threw a rod uh, out through the block of the motor, and so I went and got a new head for the motor and everything, put it all together, only to find that the timing was 180 degrees off. So it would never fire until I took it in and had somebody else who was an expert um, explain to me. So it's always important to begin at the proper place or with an understanding of the end result, what we want to uh, see accomplished in and through our lives. All right? So let's turn, if, we, if you would, to Matthew we're going to look at Matthew's gospel. In particular, we're going to look at um, Matthew 3, starting with verse 11. Matthew 3, 11. And while you're turning there, I just want to continue a little bit here in my introduction and say that why, why are we, why do we need to be God's witnesses? Why is this uh, something that I feel the Lord directing us to? Well, his word's very clear. He has indicated all throughout his word that he came, um, his coming was prophesied. Oh, I got to use this thing. <laughs> his um, coming was prophesied by the prophets Isaiah and Malachi. He was announced, Jesus was announced by John the Baptist. That's what John the Baptist's ministry was all about. He was commended by Father God as, and, and the Holy Spirit. In other words, he was approved as trustworthy of our praise, our worship, and our devotion. Mark chapter 1, 9 through 11 speaks to that. And the most important thing, I think, too, well, really all of it, is that Satan could not defeat him. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13 also speak to that. So, here's Jesus. He comes. He comes, why? To be our Savior. And his life here on earth served as an example for us how we can be victorious. He came as divine, a divine being, but also human in human form. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last week. <clears throat> and um, it's really on the authority of his name. That's what Acts 4 12 is all about. It's on the authority of his name. No other name, it says in Acts 4.12. There's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So it's on the authority of Jesus and by the power of his Holy Spirit dwelling in you and me that love him that he enables us then 
to live victorious lives on earth as in heaven according to his will. His will is our witness. He is the maker of disciples, not you and me. He just calls us to be his witness, and then he will take care of making the disciples. So with Jesus as being the central figure, he being the one with the greatest credentials of all, he's the one that we can look to as the one, the authority, the one that empowers to be his disciple, to be a follower of him and to then reach out, tell our story to others. And what I like best is, you know, you may say, well, you know, I, I just don't know as though I have a story to share. We all have stories to share. And as we ask God to reveal that story to us, bring back to our memory, he will do that. And then as we allow him to perfect that story in us, learn how to tell it clearly. And then as we share that with others, God, his indwelling spirit in us, begins to work through that, through us as his mouthpiece to speak to others. You see, we all have a need. Some of us need a savior. Some of us just need to know that we are redeemed. That we don't have to live in the fear that the enemy tries to create or the doubt in our lives. We are redeemed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Some of us need an advocate. What's an advocate? An advocate is a, a juror, an attorney, a judge. It's all of it, okay? Depending on what we need. And, you know, we all go through circumstances. You know people. You know what some of their needs are. Our Wednesday night Bible study, I love right at the beginning when we open up and we share one with another various things that go on in our spheres of influence, our, our work or um, those we run into each day. And to hear some of the various needs that come forth, you know, and they all speak to these various um, realities of who Jesus desires to be in and, our, in and through our lives as we allow him. Some of us need a counselor. Some of us just need to know we have a friend. Some of us need a father. Maybe not like our earthly father. In fact, maybe our understanding of who God is as Father God might be hampered because of our earthly father's uh, example in our lives. But God can intervene in our lives and bring healing and wholeness 
and we can come to understand what a real father is all about in our lives. Some of us just need to know that we can be victorious as his kings or his king. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And we, um, because we are a royal priesthood, 1 Peter 2, 9 speaks to that. We can then operate um, as or understand God as prophet, priest, and king. And today I just want to assure you, never forget that all of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are involved in our salvation, in your salvation. That's what Ephesians 1, 1 through 14 is all about. And if you would, just turn there quickly. We will read the text, but let's just turn to Ephesians real quick. Ephesians 1, 1 through 14, talks about the spiritual blessings we have in Christ. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. With every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then it goes on to elaborate. Take some time and read over that this week. I believe that the Lord can just really speak to that, um, to each one of us, as we maybe read that as part of our devotion and say, Father, would you just bring that alive in me? Well, our text, let's look at this, Matthew 3, beginning with verse 11. And I will say that this passage that we're going to read quickly parallels with Mark you want to write this down, Mark chapter 1, 6 through 11, and also Luke 3, 21 and 22. Mark 1 and Luke 3, okay? And you can go back and look that up. Starting with verse 11, we read, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. This is John the Baptist. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This scripture today, I just want to quickly say this as our introduction to this series. Like I said, it's always good to start at the proper place with the end result in mind. 
all right? If we are to be God's witness, if we are to go out and share our story, where do we start? God's word starts right here, right at the point of Jesus' baptism. I cannot think. In fact, Jesus says here in verse 15, um, let it be so now, it is proper. Another translation may say, it is fitting for John to baptize Jesus. Why? Well, it is fitting because if one fulfills the law, I love this because, you know, Jesus in his word, you know, we maybe have read something about God's law, about his uh, uh, rules in terms of giving guidance and direction, uh, pointing out to us what sin is so we know what sin is and we can turn from it and run and flee. But all of that, He does not erase when Jesus comes or negate it when he comes as Lord and Savior. He comes to complete it, to fulfill it. So that's why it's important for the old and the new to be read together, to be studied together as his word. Praise the Lord. So Jesus says it is fitting. And what that meant was it fulfills the law. You see, back then... All priests were consecrated to the service of God at the age of 30. Uh, Numbers and uh, speaks to that, Numbers 4, 3, and Luke 3, 23. It was both a washing and an anointing. In other words, energizing them for the task that God had called them to. When Jesus was getting ready to start his ministry, he said, no, this is fitting. This is what my Father God speaks to, and it's proper. And so Jesus fulfills the law. Then the next point is this. However sincere, we cannot on our own worship God as freely and fully as he deserves without Jesus' baptism. He is the fulfillment of God's righteousness. He is God's standard and representation. And so, when we come to him, when we give our lives to to him, when we are baptized by his spirit, his spirit in us extends our witness. It extends the reach. It makes our story effective and reaching the lost for him. That's what that means. These words, by the way, extended, expanded, and expelling are words that I took from uh, John Hayford, a father in the faith who I respect very well, and I just love the way he words this. The next point quickly is this. We cannot in our own strength and eagerness or zeal be a witness for Christ. No matter how hard we try, we will not be effective. But he expands us. He expands our worship, our ability to praise him, 
to receive from him because now we are his royal priesthood. Praise the Lord. And then we cannot on our own do warfare for Christ. We're ineffective at best. You see, our warfare takes place not really in the physical realm. It takes place in the invisible realm, the realm that we can't see. It's the realm that um, God's Word speaks to in Ephesians 6.12. It's the realm against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of darkness. Uh, of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We cannot in our own do warfare for Christ, but Christ in us is expelling warfare. He enables us to expel the darkness because he gives us the authority by his shed blood and the power of his indwelling spirit. What more could we have? And the blessing of Father God, the Trinity, is in our salvation. Praise his name. He empowers us. Scripture says that all we have to do is speak the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, the enemy has to flee. Hallelujah. And then Jesus' baptism Well, Luke reminds us that in the last days of this. Acts 2.17, he reminds us this, that I will pour out my spirit and all my people, all mankind, the earthly nature of man prone to sin. That's what God's going to pour out his spirit on. That part of natural man that is opposed to God. And he's doing it right now. We just don't hear about it as much as we would like because the enemy doesn't want to give God the victory, but it's happening all over the world. And it's beginning to happen here in the States. Why? Because we're living in end times. The time is drawing near. So today, as we conclude what I believe God would have me share as an introduction, I just want to say this. When we begin at the point of baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we invite Christ into our lives. He forgives us. His word says he comes and lives in us as um, the Holy Spirit. But then I believe there is... Uh, all through God's word, other occasions where God pours on, overflows on us with his Holy Spirit. And that baptism of the Spirit is all about beginning anew. It's a regeneration work in us. Again, we said we can't do it in our own strength but Christ in us, he makes us new. He gives us the power, the authority. Praise his name. 
And you know this? It all kind of begins in our mind, doesn't it? Well, when we allow God to work in us, he transforms our minds, our way of thinking, and our emotions. It's a spiritual and a psychological transformation that extends to the heart of our very being. What is the very heart of our being? Our behavior, the way we act, the way we live out our lives. So, when we talk in the weeks ahead about making disciples in the name of Jesus... It's right to understand that we can't do it ourselves. But Christ in us will enable us through his power that regenerates, makes new in us, enables us to be successful as his witness in reaching the lost for him. I believe God is calling us as a church. I'm asking you, to be in prayer with me, to ask God to expand your thinking, to ask God to expand your desires to be used of him. And let's see what God is going to do in and through us. You know, um, pastor's conference this year, I just think it's amazing too. It's about making disciples in Jesus' name. I believe we all recognize that there's no greater time than now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Father, that we don't have to fear, we don't have to worry. Father, you give each one of us a unique story. Father, a story that maybe at the time we feel is not suitable enough for sharing or we don't feel like we are in ourselves able to do such a thing as to share our story with others. And, you know, that's correct thinking. We can't do that in our own. But, Father, we thank you and praise you today that as the redeemed, as those that love you and follow you, you make us more than enough. You empower us to be your successful witness. All you ask is that we step out and engage in that. So, Father, would you speak to us this week and in the weeks ahead as we receive from you anew and afresh, what it means to make disciples in Jesus' name. We love you, Father. I pray, Father, this week that each one here and even those that couldn't be with us will just hear your voice, will sense your presence, Father, in new and exciting ways as we look for you, as we listen for you as we ask you to give us eyes to see and ears to hear and grace in our hearts to obey. We give you praise 
In Jesus' name, amen. Go with Jesus. Breathe on me, breath of God, breathe on me. Breathe on me, breath of God. Thank you for joining us for this week's sermon and start of a new series. We hope that it was inspiring for you to get into the Word of God and find out more about Him. Need a church to call home? We would love to have you come out and join us in worshiping God as a church family. Sunday school starts at 9 a.m. and the morning service starts at 10 a.m. Everyone is welcome to attend. For directions and events, please visit our website at trinityfriends.com. Once again, that is trinityfriends.com. And feel free to like us on our Facebook page as easy access and events and information. Well, that's all we have time for this week. We hope to see you next week as we continue this series. And as always, God bless. Speak to me.